Welcome you in to the Small Ball Podcast. Alongside our great producer, Matt G, behind the scenes, Trevor McKillen, Christian Dennis, I'm Scott Ayers here bringing you another week of the Small Ball Podcast. And fellas, how are we feeling? It's after All-Star break, the final stretch, and uh, things are starting to get a little exciting. I'm feeling good. I'm just ready for the second half of the season and just kind of see where things play out. Yeah, it's been an awesome first half. I expect a better, a better sequel. Oh yeah. yeah, we say second half, and it's really kind of like uh, the final s- final sprint. Less yeah. than thirty games for um, I believe every single team. So this is this is a final sprint, not even a final second half of the season. And guys, it should be very interesting. And let's just jump right into the Western Conference, where uh, seeds two through about twelve, it seems, are within three games of each other. And we were talking before the show of maybe different potential rises and falls. Is there any team that sticks out to you, you look at the standings right away where it's, man, this team should make a major move or, hey, we're going to see some free falling. I think we'd be pretty naive to look at the West and say that we don't think there's going to be any shakeup, even though some of our teams are at the top. I think especially with the trades that were made and some of the players that came from the East to the West, um, there's going to be some major shakeup and that's going to include Sacramento probably falling a couple spots at the very least um, just with teams like the Suns the Clippers and the Mavericks literally directly behind them and within both of those teams or all three of those teams are within two and a half games so to me um, those those are the teams I'm looking at to see see them rise up the standings a little bit even though the Mavs haven't looked great with Luka and Kyrie that would be what I expect initially right off the bat to answer that yeah I mean I feel like there's gonna just be movement you know, all across the board. I mean, the Lakers look so good um, in the few games that they've kind of been in with after the deadline. So feel like they're jumping the jazz and Portland. They're going to try to make a push in to get in that play in as well. And, you know, Steph Curry is out with the Warriors. So it's like, where do the Warriors fall? Yeah. Um, Well, even Chuck was like talking to Draymond on the all-star coverage. And he's like, Warriors are toast, bro. To <laughs> yeah. Draymond. Yeah. <laughs> Which is just so funny because they're just such a dominant team. Yeah, and healthy. don't count them out. Um, but one team that I'm kind of particular, uh, like really interested in watching is the Pelicans. Um, because, you know, we find out that Zion's going to be out for essentially another month, mm. potentially. Um, and, you know, they've, they've kind of struggled since he's been hurt. Um, but, you know, Brandon Ingram is back. He is playing better. Kind of. <laughs> but, yeah, he'll yeah. sit every now and then to CJ. Yeah, and, yeah, they're they're four and six out of their last ten. And hearing that news about Zion, that kind of just felt like a nail in the coffin for, for New Orleans season. Not to say that they're not going to make the playoffs, but it's going to be – it's going to be really difficult, I think, at this point. Um, because, yes, they do have, you know, some really good role players, but that just hasn't been enough. Um, and with all these teams behind them, Minnesota, Golden State, OKC, Portland, and, and now the Lakers, I you wouldn't be surprised to see New Orleans fall all the way out, which is crazy to say because – yeah. If, if, if we were saying this in December, we'd be like, what are you talking about? They're first in the West. Um, yeah, that's crazy. But but they've been super disappointing the last couple months, and they've missed Zion. But, you know, they, they just haven't played their, their quality of basketball, um, which, you know, you look in the middle of the West, and it's the Clippers and the Suns at four and five. Those are two teams that I could see finish second and third in the West. Do you think New Orleans has the uh, culture built up to, even amidst all that adversity, still stand pat and find a way in do you think I mean with Willie Green what they went through last year you know essentially being 
I don't know. They played really well against the Suns. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just don't know if I'm ready to count them out quite yet. Yeah, I I feel like the Pelicans have a pretty solid foundation just because of what they went through last year, and they yeah. still have that leadership of CJ. And, you know, CJ's been hooping this year. He's, he's been, really he's great. doing everything he can to kind of keep couple this weeks team. He's been Kind of bad. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. That's what I was mentioning earlier. But, but like, but his leadership is still going to keep this help keep this team afloat. And they're one of the deeper teams in the league. Like, yeah, yeah they're younger. Um, but I mean, it does as long as they can stay where they're at. You know, come playoff time when Zion's back, like they're pretty scary as a lower seed. Yeah, at the moment, right now they're at seven. They're one game out of ten. So. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like I'm not ready to quite say that they're they're completely out of it just because I like the culture that I've seen. I know it's young within the last year or so, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I do think a team like the Thunder is kind of fun to look say, at. Okay, yeah, see, dude, I mean. really fun. Yeah, they have the, the assurgence of SGA, and Giddy's been so good this season. So they're another team to keep your eye on. Can they really finish well and find themselves in the play-in? And I'll say it, if, if Steph can't get back to form – Golden State, I I will write off. If really? Steph is not back to form, that team defensively is not good enough. Jordan Poole is not good enough to carry the weight that Steph Curry leaves. That's the void Steph Curry leaves. Um, and so I would be happy to say if, if he isn't back, even if they somehow made the play and they're not making the playoffs. Wow. Steph Curry has to be back and back to being that guy. Because when he was playing, they, they had a great offense, but their defense still was not good. Um, and I think that's going to be the biggest thing that we need to watch for Golden State is when he comes back defensively, how effective are they? Because you're going to get your points in the regular season. Um, but defensively, if they're going to continue to have this lackluster performance that they've had the last couple months, I'm happy to write them off. That's a very bold thing to say that even yeah. if they make it into the play-in, you're going to write them off. Write like them off. And that's if Steph hasn't... Full back to form. If Steph's back to form, it's Steph Curry, and he's a top five player in the league, top seven. So, by, if by the end of the season he's not back to form, but once they're in the playing, bro, and in the playoffs, it's something about that team, that franchise, that player, Steph, that even if he's not playing great in the regular season, when the lights are the brightest, he's going to show up. I'm if they're in the play unless it's game seven against the Cavs. <laughs> if if it's if they're in the play and find themselves there, um, there, I, I see them getting into the playoffs and which they have been in that position before and they didn't make it granted clay was out they were dealing with other injuries and it was True. just steph but they've been in these this position before That's a good point and they failed so it, it it will depend on health and how guys are playing but clay's getting older steph's getting older yep um which is kind of sad to see because it's like the end of you know, a dominant era of the Golden State Warriors. But it's not done yet <laughs> if, not Steph, the, if Steph is healthy. Steph's just about having a tough injury season. He was, like, yeah. at the top of the the league when he was playing earlier this season. Yeah. So, yeah, and we're, I say we're that still too at their prime. Because of one other team, and that's the Phoenix Suns gaining Kevin Durant. Feels like when one team falls, yep. another one begins to rise. And yep. Suns being that big three is, is going to be really scary, but they're a big market team, and we've talked too much big markets. Yeah. I say we move over to the East. Yeah, let's do it. And Trev, I'll kind of leave the floor to you. Is there anything that? Yeah, that I, I, I have something to share with you guys. I have a video. Um, 
And uh, this is a take that I have, and I don't know if you guys will agree with me, and that's why I'm going to call it the island take. Here at our house, we have a pool with an island in it, and we wanted to use it. So here it is. Here's my island take. What's up, boys? You know me. <laughs> I'm on an island because I have an island take. I believe that after firing Nate McMillan, the Atlanta Hawks will climb to top three in the East by the end of the season. That's my take. Gentlemen, they are currently <laughs> at eight. <laughs> They're currently at eight. Nine games back yeah. of the yeah. Philadelphia 76ers. <laughs> Come on, let's talk. So here, here's partly why I say that. I think <laughs> I think the thing that I'm a true believer, that Nate McMillan was running a dated offense. He was holding them back. And this is a team that I believe in their core. They have a great starting five. They now brought in wings. Um, they have Sadiq Bey now. And, they, I mean, you think of wings galore. Look at this team. Mm. They have so mm. many. like and, it. Yeah. And, and I, I like their roster construction. Now I think that they have – they're going to find a head coach. We could talk about those candidates um, in a second. But this team is motivated by midseason changes. I mean, look what happened when Nate McMillan took over. Mm. No, people would have laughed at me if I would have said in that season when Nate McMillan took over that they're going to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, and they did. Um, not saying uh, – now, now, that's just my take. I have a feeling about yeah. this team. I no, believe. I'm yeah. going with my gut, man. Come on. Are you Hawks. Are you willing to compromise to, like, you know, fifth in the East? I, my take, I wanted it to be spicy <laughs> enough, and I can't see them. I believe that the Hawks will climb to three. That's what I'm saying. See, you know, I don't hate your take on the fact that they're going to rise because it seems like when teams go through coaching changes, mm -hmm. like at so. this point, there's yeah. always that resurging. I mean, you look at the Nets when uh, Steve Nash got fired, the Nets went on a, a tear. Yeah. Um, so I don't hate that aspect of your take. The, the thing that I have an issue with is that you're saying that they're going to be the third yes. seed in the <laughs> East. Yeah. So that, that means yeah. that they're going to be better than the 76ers yeah. who are yeah. playing really, really well. Yeah. You know, they're on a four game win. Streak. And the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah. from what I see, the highest they can get is maybe yeah. the fifth seed. Okay. I disagree. I don't think they're catching I, Cleveland, I, and I don't think they're catching I the think, I can see why you would say that. I think if they fired McMillan at game 20... They should I, have done it earlier. I could get on the board on board of top three, like but because it's so late in the season, um, and, you know, they're eight games back of Cleveland for fourth. And that's, I mean, that's a, that's a big climb. You know, it sounds like, oh, it's only eight games. But eight games out of what, 23 that would, games? That would have to, you would have to be implying that the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Sixers are going to lose a ton. Not lose a ton. It's just that the There's Hawks are going to be. There's not that many games It's just left. The, Haw the Hawks are going to be scary. So what? They're going to be spooky. The Hawks have 23. I can't wait. This next game that the Hawks play, <laughs> they're going to lose by like 10. Watch. No, the no, Hawks, no, no. The Hawks have 23 games left yeah. of their season. Yeah. How many do they need to win in order to finish third? They're going to win 19 to 20 of those. Okay. So they're only losing three games? So they're gonna, They are going to win. 19 to 20 of their last that means 23 games. And here's, can I tell you Philly, a Philly would have Dude, to go. Dude, that's insane. Philly, no, Philly. Not even the best teams in the league do that. Philly, I think do you Philly, know who they have? Philly would have to go 9 and 12 in that stretch for Atlanta to finish third. 
If, and all the other and teams. And that's if they went 19 or if they went 19 games. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, see, your odds, your odds are. Hold on. Your take is too Dude, spicy. Hey, Trey no, Young. I like it. Trey no. Young, bro. He has had an off year. And I think this is going to be the fire under his butt that gets him up and going. I like he didn't that. even make the freaking all-star game. We're talking about Trey Young, dude. Ice Trey. Ice yeah. Trey. He's coming back. Um, top three. You heard it here first. Top three. I have, um, I have them finishing as high as probably six. Nice. Yeah. A six is the farthest I was willing to negotiate Definitely. with you. Definitely climbing above Orange Julius. <laughs> Orange Ju- I'm 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 so excited for his collapse. Were you happy during the side tangent? Were you happy during the three point contest? Yeah, watching him just throw up a brick fest. Yeah, yeah. What felt? Tell me the different really quick. Orange Julius's brick fest. How good did that feel compared to how bad it felt watching Kevin Herter's yeah, breakfast? Yeah, yeah, Well, here's the thing. You talk about Scott's spin, spin class. Where, where you, you love yeah. the spin zone. I love let spin me, zones. Let me spin zone that. Okay, I'm you. ready. I love you know, it. You know uh, who he tied with for the least amount of threes mm. made yep. in, Tell a, uh, in a three-point contest? Wait, who was it, Trev? Michael Jordan. The greatest player to ever play so the if, game. if you are going to lose a three-point contest... Lose it Do in it style. like he did. Do it like that guy did. You know, did. they always say it's always good to be mentioned in the same sentence as, as one of the greatest players yeah. ever. Yeah, that's true. People put on their shoes and they say, make me like Mike. And that's what Kevin Herter did. Yeah. He was literally like was just like Mike and made eight three-pointers. Yeah, so. And in a game, making eight threes is really Dude, good. that <laughs> is so good. That's good. That's the perfect spin zone. Yeah. Guys, that was awesome. That was a nice side tangent. Yeah. And before we continue, because, you know, we, we do, um, we used to do questions of the week. We got away from it, and we're bringing it back. Yeah. Um, and so if you're listening, please send in questions. Um, anything small ball related, basketball related, dating advice, <laughs> we will yeah. provide it. Yeah. Um, because we're excited. But before we get into that, yeah, yeah, um, and, and, and the video, uh, we actually got a new advertisement. What? A new ad read. No it, way. We're it, big time. It's been a while, but yeah. um, we have our first ad read in quite some time. So this ad read is from LaCroix. 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 Wow. Mm, you hear that? Ah, that's ah. the sound of a crispy and flavorful pample mousse LaCroix. Watch as Trevor intakes it. Step one, open the can. <sighs> Step two, sip. <laughs> Very good. That was off the cuff right there. But let's get back to the read. Um, earlier, I just heard Trevor's LaCroix, and it was it was sizzling. Yeah. I could feel the flavors of, of lime. You can almost compare it to uh, Applebee's fajitas. You you yes. just hear it from across the room. Yeah. That yeah. that can was sizzling. It was ready to be drink. Is that drink? Applebee's fajitas? No. That was Trevor's Lime LaCroix. <laughs> and, and Trevor, I know when you've had a long day, the first thing you do is sit down, you contemplate a lot of the mistakes you've made to yeah. get to this point. But then you open a refreshing LaCroix. I know many of our listeners do that as well. It, yeah. it comes in flavors you've never even thought of. Not overpowerful. Only satisfying. Imagine <laughs> an orange being squeezed in another room, and it's citrus is what's going into your cup. Wow. That's how they make their LaCroix drinks. And so, guys, you'll never contemplate making a mistake again with LaCroix. You know, I have a comparison of what it's like to drink a LaCroix. Okay. Do you, do you guys want to hear it? it? Yeah. yeah. 
So imagine you take that sip, that first sip of LaCroix, <laughs> as Scott spills on himself. <laughs> it, it feels like thousands of tiny fairies are just dancing on your tongue. Be like, yay! See, I, I love the pain of a LaCroix on your tongue. Like, when it's really carbonated, nice you let it sit there in your mouth, and it's like... It feels like a ton of little gladiators are just oh, stabbing whoa. you with spears. <laughs> but, but it it's feels like a, good. But it's a good stab. Yeah, dude. The pain <laughs> is nice. It's a pain that feels so good. So, and that's that's our sponsorship with LaCroix. Thanks, LaCroix. Um, and I think also sponsorship with Applebee fajitas. Yeah, <laughs> we'll take them both. So, yeah. so um, we'll have Matt, you cut that up um, and make sure we send that to LaCroix later, okay? Already on it. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. Now let's get to our, our question of the week. Yeah. So this is from Miles in Sacramento. He has a podcast called the Fast Break Podcast. It is a King's show. Um, so shout out to Fast Break Podcast. Shout out to you, Miles. Here's Miles' question. Hey, what is up, Small Ball Podcast? It's me, Miles, from the Fast Break Podcast. And today I have two questions for you guys. My first question is who are the top three overrated players in the NBA? He's only getting one. Thanks, one Miles. Question. Yeah. The other question was all-star related, and that is passed. Yeah, and uh, two questions means you're getting an endorsement from us, and we're not giving him a free endorsement. <laughs> no chance. So, but thank you, Miles. Shout out, Miles, man. What yeah. a stud. That's a great question. Yeah, yeah, yeah and great he, question. he was rocking the Kings hat. I'm sure yeah, you guys dude. both love that. Legend. Christian, we'll start with you. Most overrated player in the NBA. Yeah, one of the most overrated players that I think um, it, it's recent, and this is a player that I actually do – like and yeah. I do enjoy um, is OG Ananobi. Wow. Ooh. I just, I, I like him. He's a great defensive player, good 3 and D guy. Dude, Raptors fans are going <laughs> to be in the comments. Raptors fans are going to eat me alive. But, you know, I just, this past trade deadline, you know, people were like, he's worth three first rounders. Yeah. All these teams want him. All this thing. I don't think he's that good to where I'm like, gonna risk my future my future in order to get him i think he's a solid piece i think he'd be great for a championship team but he's not gonna make or break my team he's not i'm not comparing him to like kevin durant no we, we see what like kind of like rudy gobert has done with minnesota although it's a it's been hard to kind of get them healthy but you see what a defensive player can bring to your team, and I don't think OG provides enough offense to where he's taking your team to that next step. And that's why I think he's a little overrated. I actually really agree with that. I mean, part of the the inflation of his value, so to say, for like the perspective of what he's worth, I think that's partly due because GMs play the game where you know, you're going to ask for more than what you expect to get. And I think that three first-round picks could be part of that. Um, yeah, and I actually don't think the Raptors were planning on trading him whatsoever. whatsoever. I think it was all smokescreen. It was just kind of a waste of our time. Yeah. Yeah, so I could see that as well. Um, but also, even if it was true that three first-round picks is what he's worth, uh, no team wanted to do that. So that tells me right there that other teams – I don't think other teams view him that way. But it was interesting to see the media's, like, take on, oh, this guy is going to change your team and, and how much people focused and talked about it. It was interesting. I do think he carries value. That's for yeah. sure. Oh, like, yeah. that's, I know that's not what you're saying, that he doesn't carry value. But, um, yeah, I think that's a good one. I definitely think in this past trade season he was 
highly overrated. Trevor. My turn. Mine is a, a very controversial one because he's early in his career. But um, I'm not calling him a bust. I want. I also... This just means that, you know, maybe they're not as highly rated as other people think. Doesn't think I think yeah, he's a bad player. It doesn't mean that we think they're bad. It just means... Or that they're going to be a failure. Yeah, it just means we think they're maybe slightly overrated. But this player's bad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Jalen Green. I knew you were going to say Trevor, that's who I was going to do. Let's go, bro. That's let's, let's, let's stomp on Jalen Green together. Jalen Green. So he's in his second year. People talk like this dude is the second coming of Kobe Bryant, man. And I just, I just don't see it. I don't see it. He's wildly inefficient. You would expect those, those numbers to increase from year one to year got two. Got worse. They got worse, man. His shooting percentage has gone down. And I, I don't know. I just feel like this guy, like, yes, the eye test. Every maybe five games, he'll drop 30 and he'll look awesome. But the rest of those games, he's, he looks like freaking... It looks like he's playing with the blindfold on. Like, he's just throwing shots up, and it's sporadic, and he's out of control. Yeah. He's super athletic, and he has a lot of the, like, um, I don't know, intangible things. And he's, I don't know, he's flashy, sure. But to me, he's not a franchise piece. Yeah, he's I think they have a center yeah. who is the franchise and that they absolutely should build around. You wouldn't have said that this no. summer. No, I wouldn't have. And I'm hand up. First to admit I was wrong. Yeah. All right. I, like I, I can admit when I was wrong. Okay. Um, but I feel still very right about Jalen Green. Okay. <laughs> and um, I'm with you. Yeah. That that aspect, um, Jalen Green isn't the uh, isn't the franchise. I, I do think he can be a really talented scorer, but he's shooting thirty three percent, which is actually a percent worse uh, from three, which is a percent worse. He's uh, almost two and a half percent worse from the field. Um, and he's going to take way more shots this year than he did last year. So he's shooting yeah. at a higher volume. And I get it. When you're on a bad team, you might as well just huck. Um, but he's one of those guys who are, he needs to get in an environment where um, they are trying to win. And I want to see how he performs. You know what else, too, is a lot of Rockets fans are spin zoning it. And they're like, look at Kobe's second year. Look at Kobe's first year. Like, he wasn't great. I don't want to hear that. There's not, there's not. Uh, like a ton of Kobe's out there. Like that's a once in a lifetime talent. Not everyone's Kobe. Jalen Green is, we could look back and he could have a Monte Ellis type career, which would be more accurate to me than him having a Kobe type career, which is all the comparison that he got coming in. Yeah. To me, he's going to be more of like a Monte Ellis where he's a, uh, an inefficient score, but maybe he averages 20 for his career. Yeah, but if they have Sangoon, you know, yeah, imagine, you know, you know. I don't know. You know, be center with a great score. But yeah, Green, I, he just, he needs, once they get a little bit more stability and have some more talent, mm -hmm. he's one of those guys who are, I think his third and fourth year will be very interesting to see. Because a lot of the second year guys have had down years. Like sophomore slump? The sophomore slump has been real this year, and he, he's no different. I know his points per game is obviously better, but he's doing it because he's shooting the ball a whole lot more. So. Well, I wonder if part of it is because Kevin Porter Jr. has been hurt. I mean, that's that's been his running mate the past sure. year. Yeah. So I'm wondering if that has effect on him. You think KPJ is making a difference on this guy? I mean, to a certain degree. I mean, if you're talking about 2% worse than last year, there's got to be, you know, a reason why. I mean, that I'm not saying it's a make or break for, for Jalen Green over here, but, um, you know, it's got to play into some factor.
He, he already has had more assists this season than last and, yeah. and is on pace to have much more rebounds. So, you know, there are aspects of his game where he's improving. It's just on that scoring scoring end, you can be very flashy, but you got to be efficient or else you're going to hurt your team. And, and we've seen that with other players where they're very flashy, like my guy Bones Highland, very flashy player. But when he's off and his inefficiency, that's losing them games. So, True. True. Um, but, yeah, wow, all right, great, great job, guys. That, that was really great. Matt? We're going to go to Matt Facts. Matt, this time, I want you to have give us the best fact. You know, in the past, I know we've gotten two. We've gotten three. I want your number one fact. Best of the best. Of the day, Oklahoma City, because he's our insider, and we're going to send him one day. <laughs> I'm so excited for that day. It's coming soon. I can feel it. It's coming. Yeah. It's in the pipeline. Well, it's funny you asked me to bring you a fact, because the first thing I was going to bring you is an opinion. Yeah, oh, give it to nice. okay. What's your take? Even yeah. better. Um, it's not my take. Uh, I went, <laughs> <laughs> once again, Google OKC Thunder and, uh, it's, you know, just looked at top news. And one of the top ones is just an NBA mock draft, you know. Mm. Um, so they're already thinking yeah. about who to bring on because oh. <laughs> the season's kind of over for them. You know? Oh, no. Yeah. We just we don't think that. Okay. I'm glad you don't. Well, yeah. OKC is very draft Heavy. Yeah, yeah, they're the very draft, draft heavy. Right. Let's see what they said. Yeah, Sports Insider thinks they should start looking ahead because they're already looking at um, what's his name, uh, that guy, yeah. Brady Dick. Yeah. Uh, wow, Kansas, Great. right? Yeah, yeah. from right. Kansas. That's right. Yep. What yeah, what a name. Kind of crazy, right? All time name. Six foot eight, two hundred five pounds, and stretched the floor and scored at all levels, right? Wow, yeah. Matt. I did not write that, but <laughs> that was a good sentence. I was gonna say that's uh, that's well said. Brady Dick, he is. Uh, He's very talented. He'll come out definitely after his freshman year. He would be a fun impact. Feels like they're going to be the lengthiest team in the world if they were to get Grady Dick with Chet Holmgren coming back. Yeah. Um, Even Giddy. I mean, you can Giddy, always yep. you can always always use more like, shooting. And yep. you know, when you have a player like Giddy, and even SGA doesn't take a lot of threes, it always helps to have a sharpshooter. He, like he would space the floor, and I think that's one of the biggest needs for OKC. They've started to have a little bit. Better shooting with the Williams, but Grady Dick would, would definitely be a, a nice asset to have for, for the Thunder. Yeah, I totally agree, obviously. So. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly. Um, but with that, there's some fun stats that he has. You know, he uh, at the Jayhawks, he's averaging 14.9 points and 4.9 rebounds, right? So 14.9, let's just round it out to 15, right? So the 15th fact on this sheet <laughs> <laughs> is, uh, according to Forbes uh, 2013 ranking, OKC is ranked eighth best for businesses and careers in the country. Wow. <laughs> eighth best. Number eight. What was that according to? Forbes? Uh, Forbes. Forbes, 2013, 10 wow. years ago. 10 Dang, years dude. ago. So it's probably better now, yeah. you would assume, right? Yeah, it's only getting better. Yeah, obviously. So do we, there one day, right? do we no, move small ball to OKC? Is, is OKC the new like Silicon Valley? That's what I just learned Whoa. from that fact. Yeah. Wow. Top eight. That's awesome. Top eight. That's huge. Top Congratulations eight. to OKC. Top yeah. eight in yeah. business. Well, also with that, um, you know, the other stat being five, averaging five rebounds a game. The fifth fact on the sheet is um, the county's best Girl Scout cookie seller is from Oklahoma City. Katie Francis broke the <laughs> national record of sales at 18,100 boxes. That right there, bro, you should have skipped that job one. This stat right there, that's the one. No, I Wait. think that's perfect. I think that adds to the job. Right. To the job. Right. But How here's many? the thing. Here, okay. Oh, okay. No, sorry. Continue. That's I have another question. I cannot believe that she, that's crazy. 18,000 boxes. In a month? Uh, it just says total. 
Dude, she so, had to be cheating. Somehow. So in a year, you yeah. know, the season of Girl Scout cookies, you know, yeah, a couple months. That's a full time job. Yeah. You think she's not out there just slanging cookies? Yeah. I, she has people to. in OKC love their Samoas. That's right. Yeah. Oh, Those, that's, yeah. Can you, guess, thin mints. can you guys guess her favorite cookie? Uh, it's on here. Um, Tagalongs. Nope. Is it the thin mint? No. I was gonna say thin mint. What is it's it? The Samoas. Funny it you was said that immediately. Yeah, yeah, I was like, I literally gave that, that one to yeah. you guys. Come on. <laughs> oh, I personally cool. like the Tagalons. I just yep. want to shout them out. I'm a Samoa guy. Smoke guy. Smoke. Then wow. why didn't you say smoke? Well, I figured it was going to be thin. <laughs> he's not from Oklahoma speaking. City. Yeah, I'm not from Oklahoma City. But he's a Samoa guy. But wow, Matt, that those are probably the two best facts you brought us because they work. Hand in hand with each other. And I, I only have one more fact for you, right? Let's round it off at three. You know, two <laughs> is good enough, but three, you know. He currently holds a mark above 40% from the three-point range, right? Pretty yeah. decent, right? So we're going to fact number 40? We're going 40? to fact number 40, which is <laughs> residents of the Big Friendly get great tans with other 300 days of sunshine a year. Wow. It's basically like Phoenix, but with wind. Yeah. Yeah. And less warm days. Sure. <laughs> but the sun's out. But the sun is sun out. Sun is out. More business. More mm. business. More business. More Girl Scout cookies. More sunny days. More days for her to walk around in the sun. Right. And sell those cookies. Right. Oh, that's up. That is facts with Matt. That's good. Matt, you, Matt, that was very good. Thank you. That's why you're our producer. Yeah. And intern on the side. Yep. Um, well, guys, that's that's a successful show. Um, we are on the home stretch. For the, the NBA season, 22-2023 season. Um, guys, this was a wonderful show, but I think it's time to say so long. So for our great producer, Matt, Trevor Mikulin, Christian Dennis, I'm Scudders. We say so long for now, and we'll see you next week. Girl Scout cookies, come and get your cookies. <laughs>